Hi everyone. This week we are going to speak about everyone's favorite or least favorite subject, which is money. And I've titled my blog, The Three Steps to Creating Money. So in my work, limiting beliefs around money are some of the hardest to unearth and to transform. Most of us are still carrying around our great-grandparents' beliefs about money and allowing them to decide our present day-to-day -day actions. But the problem is actually bigger than that. The problem is that we're also unwittingly transferring those beliefs to our children. Beliefs that made sense to our grandparents, but today harm our children's ability to create prosperity. The, the scarcity mindset that our forefathers understandably developed during times of war and economic hardship, once passed down to our children, it won't make them more financially responsible as we hope it will. On the contrary, it will make them more fearful and confused about their relationship with money. My father spent his early childhood in the Jewish ghetto of Tehran. Seared into his memory are the long walks to school in the dead of winter, wearing ill-fitting shoes, and, and the frightful middle-of-the-night walks through a dark backyard in search of the hole in the ground that served as the bathroom for the entire family. I, on the other hand, was born into a wildly different container of life in 1965 because in the three decades that followed, my father was able to create financial abundance for himself and his family. Look, my father is only 22 years older than I am, but the difference, the difference between the world he was born into and mine is that of centuries, not of decades. His beliefs around money are shaped by circumstances I cannot even begin to imagine. Yet, those beliefs are embedded in me, probably just like your parents' beliefs are embedded in your subconscious. To create prosperity, we need to start by questioning them. So consider my simple, but far from easy, three-step invitation. The first step is to change your mindset around money. What I mean by that is instead of blindly carrying forth beliefs that are in most cases hundreds of years old, we need to first start with dropping the existing and creating new ones. Beliefs that are healthy, useful, and attuned with our present times and lives. And only when we have acknowledged and examined these beliefs, these old beliefs, can we begin to understand how money is created and its two governing principles. Step two is to understand those two major governing principles or facts, which by the way, no one talks about. And the first one is that money is a result. Unless we're thieves or con artists, money is created only one way. It's exchanged through the buying and selling of goods and services. For example, if you provide a service, you create or you make money as a result of exchanging your service with an interested party. So many of the young adults I coach are often frozen in thinking, how am I going to make money? When they should be thinking, what can I offer that others are willing to exchange money for? The second principle is that money is neutral. It doesn't matter if your dad said money was the root of all evil 
or if your mom talked about money like it had some kind of magical personality, the truth is that money is neutral. It's not about you or me unless we make it so. It's simple. I mean, it's simply how we exchange value in our society. And before paper money, we used commodities like grain, cattle, and salt. So now that you understand that money is both neutral and a result, the last step then is to go to work creating it. And that's step three. Amateurs move straight into selling. They think, I have something and I need to make you buy it from me. They try relentless convincing tactics to prove the monetary worth of their product or service. They fall for shortcuts and people will promise to teach them how to become excellent at selling. Pros, on the other hand, note there is a better, more impactful and authentic way to create money. Pros begin by serving. They serve by letting you experience, not just hear about the benefits of their product or service. They serve by doing their homework and making an offer only when they're absolutely certain the exchange will be rewarding for both you and them. They serve by listening and caring. They serve by putting themselves in their buyer's shoes and solving problems without any guarantee of a sale. They serve by creating a relationship, not just a sale. I know what you're thinking. How can we practice serving rather than selling without being taken advantage of? And for that, I'm going to ask you to bookmark this post and tune in next week. I'll answer this question and share more about how to create prosperity through service, not selling. <laughs>